Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello again, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in and join us here on the podcast. Uh, first, I want to start off before we dive in uh, to this week's episode. I just want to apologize for the lack of an episode. Last week, we had a bit of a scheduling mix-up, and we had to change directions quickly, um, but we're looking to respond. I've, I've shuffled the schedules a bit, and we're, we're back on track here. And uh, but, uh, but, but I've heard from some of you over the course of the last few weeks uh, the fact that uh, some of you are a few weeks behind anyway, uh, so hopefully the one-week break give you a chance to catch up a little bit and you're a little bit more on schedule with us here. Uh, now this week, I want to I take a little bit of time and we're going to spend the next two weeks covering uh, the last two staff positions, the ministries that we haven't talked about yet, these last two areas of ministry. First, we're going to be talking about the preaching ministry uh, with a familiar voice here on the podcast with yeah. Tom. Um, and then we'll talk to Greg Heiser, our administrative director here at the church. We'll talk a little bit about what that means as well. So as I mentioned today, I am joined by Tom Rempel, our preaching pastor. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's nice to be back. I had a nice two-week vacation vacation and I'm ready to go. Good deal. Well, hopefully you found uh, some helpful R&R over the course of that. <laughs> yes, hopefully you're ready both to come back onto the podcast yeah. and to fill the pulpit this Sunday. Uh, listeners, you probably were aware that this last Sunday, Tom was not in the pulpit, but Gordon Opp uh, filled the pulpit. He, he spoke on Hebrews 4, 11 through 13. And as we've mentioned before, you can find any of those messages, even if Tom's not the one speaking, on our website. Just go to faithbiblelincoln.org, um, that resources button, and then hit the sermons series podcast button, and you can catch up on any of those messages. So if you did miss Gordon's on Sunday, we'd encourage you to listen in, uh, catch up on the Hebrews series, and get ready for the rest of chapter 4 uh, this coming week. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at the preaching ministry of the church. It seems pretty relevant. Uh, as opposed to some of the other ministries that we've talked about, we've highlighted that are a little bit more invisible, odds are you uh, you know what this is. It'd be hard to be less or be more visible than the preaching ministry. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Tom, I just want to make sure that you get the chance to introduce yourself a bit to our listeners. I know you've been on the podcast quite a few yeah. times, and I know we've had you introduce yourself a little bit before, but in case we've got new listeners on the podcast, just take a moment here. Uh, give us a bit of your testimony and how you ended up in your current role at Faith. Well, the testimony is I'm third generation uh, called to uh, pastoral ministry. My grandfather was uh, American Sunday School Union, American Missionary Fellowship director of the Sandhills of Nebraska. During his ministry, my father cut his teeth on preaching, mm -hmm. so I was born and reared in the Sandhills and, uh, and resisted uh, the call to ministry uh, for a long time. And uh, I was a freshman in Bible college doing a homework assignment, inductive Bible study methods in the Gospel of John when God by His grace saved me. And almost immediately, the uh, president of the Bible college started sending me out to teach the Bible. <laughs> so that's, I, I kind of got into it, uh, resisting it. But what happened was, as, because I'd grown up around great Bible teaching and all that, I knew the information about the Bible, but uh, not the same as the Apostle Paul, but I, under, I identify with that. All of a sudden, all of that Bible information I had started to connect and make sense. Mm. And so when I was asked to go out and teach and preach... I didn't do it because I wanted to teach and preach. I just said, man, people need to know about this. Mm, you know, yep, this, yep, this yep. has a meaning and it's real, and they ought to tell them about it. So that was how I ended up where I am. Mm, that's excellent. 
And then obviously after that, you went you went to seminary. Uh, tell yeah. tell that story just a bit well, for our listeners. Yeah, I was uh, I went to Bible college. I jammed a four year program into five years. Uh, <laughs> during which time, uh, toward the end of that last two years, I was a full time youth pastor in uh, North Denver. Uh, left that uh, quite disillusioned. I love Jesus, mm. but I was really offended by his bride. Uh, some mm. of the church politics that we endured uh, really uh, soured me on ministry in the church, yeah. but not on the ministry of the Word. So we ended up back home in Cozad, Nebraska, and I thought, well, I'll, uh, I'll start a home Bible study movement. That will solve that issue. <laughs> and, uh, the Bible without the church. Right? The Bible like... without the church. It seemed like mm. an ideal arrangement. And uh, the little Baptist church we were attending, uh, the pastor had resigned and was moving. And they said, well, Tom, why don't you preach until we get a pastor? And (laughs) nine and a half years later, they got themselves a pastor. So Uh, that's how I ended up. uh, And so while I was there, then uh, I started a a graduate program at Moody uh, Graduate School uh, remotely uh, in Chicago and got my master's degree there. Uh, over, uh, I, I stretched that three-year program out for five years as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, not everybody can do that sort of thing with yeah. education, and so I, I feel your pain in that regard yeah. for sure. Okay, so then fast forward a few years. I, I know you pastored for a while in Gothenburg, then you yeah. came down here and pastored a while here in Lincoln. How did your position at Faith Bible develop? Yeah, I, I came to Lincoln after, I was, while I was pastoring in Gothenburg, and God was just incredibly gracious, and young families were getting saved and baptized, and the church was growing. But I, my heart continued to stir for student ministries, mm. man. So I had teenagers in my home, and I, I couldn't stay out of the way of the youth pastor on our staff. And uh, I had done a youth conference, a weekend conference for Indian Hills Youth Group, mm. and uh, the year before, and Gary, who was the youth pastor, had submitted his resignation at the same time. He said, you ought to call Rempel and ask mm. if he'd be willing to leave the pulpit and become a youth pastor again. Mm. And uh, so nine and a half years in with a son that was a senior, beginning his senior year in high school, and a daughter beginning her eighth grade and a first grader. Uh, God stirred our family. We came to Lincoln at 36 years ago last month, <laughs> and uh, so I did uh, youth student ministries there for four years, had a great uh, sponsor team of 24 godly adults, mm. had just some great time, and then did three years of adult ministry, uh, Christian education for them, um, and, and then just some, some issues uh, that led me to convince that uh, God was moving us, we didn't know where. And at that time, two mm-hmm. things happened. Twelve heads of households really sensed that God wanted to establish another Bible church in Lincoln. And Pastor Kurt Lehman at Lincoln Berean said, Tom, stay in Lincoln and let's get another Bible church going. So I, I, I came in to help them get Faith Bible Church started. I really was convinced I would be here about six months. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, we would put their long-term pastor in yeah. place. And I knew his name, and he's had 25 great years in Rapid City, South Dakota. <laughs> and right. uh, I mean, Dave was a good friend. They knew him, and uh, God's plan was that we would stay. So cool. they don't know how they got me. They don't know how to get rid of me. So I've been here 28 and a half years. <laughs> there you go. Long, long-time ministry, which yeah. is just a testament to your faithfulness at the church, a testament to what That's God has great. done through the church. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's lamentable that most pastors do not have a tenure as long as yours at the churches yeah. that they're at. Um, both for churches and for the pastors. I mean, it's, it's, it really is a testament uh, to yeah. what God has done here at Faith Bible gracious. Church, what He's done through you, yeah. uh, to your faithfulness in the ministry. So thank you for 28 and a half ongoing, yeah. ongoing years of yeah. your ministry here at Faith Bible Church. It just occurred to me, 
getting ready for this this morning that it was 50 years ago this month I started teaching the Bible as a wow. believer. Yeah, Southern yeah, Gables yeah. Evangelical Free Church. <laughs> I was a Sunday school teacher for the sixth graders, mm-hmm. those poor kids. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, listeners. No matter where you're at, you never know where God might take you. Someday uh, start small, and we'll see where that goes. Okay, so then fast forward, obviously, today, uh, 2021, uh, we're sitting here. Yeah. Um, what all are you involved with at Faith Bible Church? What all do you spend your weeks doing, Tom? Well, over the years, I, I, I'm, I'm probably difficult to work around because uh, starting in the size of churches that we did, every job on staff I've held at yeah. some point yeah. has had to do. But uh, the, the blessing has been over the years as our team has developed, I've been able to really focus on what my passions and gifts are. Mm. And so primarily, I, I shepherd people. Yeah. I, I consider myself a pastor teacher, uh, which means leadership to lead and to feed. And uh, I, I get involved in as many Bible studies and try to stir as many Bible study startups as mm-hmm. I can. And I, I engage with people that are new to the church. Uh, I think one of my ministries is connecting people, yep. their gifts and opportunities. Yep. And um, But mostly the thing that dominates my week from Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock until the next Sunday afternoon at noon is uh, preaching the Word on Sunday. And... Uh, in recent years, I've had more and more liberty to focus on that part of the mm-hmm. call than I'd had in years past. So uh, I, 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 I spent a lot of time with people, and the elders have freed me up to do a lot of encouragement, cheerleading for young pastors uh, in our area. And, uh, and then, uh, for some reason, the Lord seems to have put before me the opportunity to preach the gospel at funerals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I've done well over 20 funerals already this year, almost all of which are not related directly to Faith Bible Church, but mm-hmm. God's opened up that door. So uh, ministry of the Word and caring for people as a shepherd teacher, I think that's probably summarizes what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. And I know different different pastors pastor differently. Everybody's got a different style, yeah. everybody's got a different approach and things like yeah. that, but one of your abilities to network and get to know new people and, and that sort of thing. Listeners, if, if you're out there and you haven't met Tom, uh, <laughs> let me assure you he would love to have coffee with you oh, sometime yes. if you want to introduce yourself. Sometimes people have this sense that, I don't know, I don't know if the pastor wants yeah. to, hey, is it time to meet with me or if he wants to meet with me, I assure you, Tom would yeah. love to meet with you. Now, it may take a few weeks planning out to get on his <laughs> schedule, but I'm sure he would love to meet with you at some oh, point. Oh, and I always pay for the coffee, too. There you yeah. go, Tom. <laughs> Tom will buy you a cup of coffee, and if it's not coffee, I'm sure he'll find something else that you enjoy uh, as well. Um, what about what about key motivations? Obviously, you've talked about your, your passion for the Word. Um, so what are the key yeah. motivations to your ministry, and where did those come from scripturally? Well, I, I believe that there are... Um, I'm disillusioned a bit with the preaching of the contemporary church today in that so much of it is life coaching. So my motivation is simply that God has spoken, and our responsibility is to let people hear him speak well. And so I'm motivated by, it goes back 50 years, it's all of a sudden going, Wow, God has spoken. People ought to hear this. Mm. So it, it's the the hearing of God's word in a way that people can understand it uh, is is the motivation and the drive. And also, I think now, uh, after this many years of teaching the Bible, all of a sudden those threads that lace the whole narrative together yeah. are getting more and more clear. And so, a passion to try to tie the 
the ends of that Genesis to Revelation together uh, has become more and more of a motivating driving factor. And then I think that just to, just the privilege of seeing lives rescued and transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday when I preach, there are just dozens of there's just dozens of living examples of the power of the word to change lives sitting in front of me. Yeah. And that's the benefit of being in the same city for 36 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Okay, so this this preaching, teaching ministry, also one of the things that's probably worth noting in case we have any new listeners on, is we have a particular style of preaching yes. that isn't typical of most churches. You want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's, it's called expository, but it, it's basically the task of studying the Scripture and letting the Scripture speak for itself. And uh, so in our case, we, we typically will just go through an entire book from chapter 1, verse 1 to the end of the book, and each week build on, grow through that text. So understanding the text and shedding the light of, of insight on it for people is rather than choosing topics that we think would satisfy the, the uh, what do I want to say, the... Um, the felt needs, felt needs yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that people are there. Uh, there's just too many people. And, and, and the problem with that model is that it frees you up just to kind of camp out on your own favorite themes or topics. Yeah. When you go word by word, verse by verse through the scriptures, you're forced to deal with the hard text as yeah. well and <laughs> yeah. the issues that you know might bring offense or injury to somebody yeah. listening. So, yeah, we as a church are committed to that. In fact, uh, two years ago when we did that Genesis Revelation that my hesitation on tackling that uh, Route 66 model was that it was a bit more topical. Mm. So we were still trying to do it expositionally, but you were covering such big chunks, and I, I didn't want that to become the pattern for a faith Bible church in the future. So God was gracious. We got through. Everybody was engaged. But now we're back into the book of Hebrews, a chapter at a time. Mm. Very good. Very good. Okay, now, obviously, you're talking about r- revealing what the text is saying. You're talking about letting the Word do the power, let the Word do the work. Yeah. Um, this is motivated some by some texts in Scripture as well. Could you give us some sense for what passages in Scripture have really been your go-to that have motivated the, the reason you've made the decisions you have in preaching ministry? Well, uh, uh, Brother Gordon uh, preached one of the primary ones this last yeah. week, and uh, he only said the, the Word of God is living and active, sharper mm-hmm. than a two-edged sword, piercing mm-hmm. to the division of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, mm-hmm. discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So the first motivation is to know that the only resource that we have that is guaranteed to do its job is the scriptures. And then, you know, back in Isaiah, uh, you know, his word will not return without accomplishing that for which he sent it. And, and then uh, clearly Second Timothy chapter 3, and, you know, really even starting with uh, the 14th verse, where uh, usually we jump to the to the 16th, or the, but he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So again, it's the only thing that can change a sinful heart, can bring dead souls to life, is the work of the Word in the hands of the Spirit. Then he goes on to say, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness that a man of God may be complete, equipped for everything. So that motivates me. Uh, 
and, and reflecting on the prophets a lot, yeah. Isaiah was called, says, who will go for me? Who will I send? And he says, here am I, send me. And he goes, okay, I want you to know, you're going to preach your lungs out, and nobody's going to believe. <laughs> yeah, and then right. you got Jeremiah, who just, yeah. you know, reading that book, Linda's been uh, camped out in Jeremiah for a while. And it's like, he, every circumstance discouraged him. Yep. But he was called to communicate the message of God, and he continued to trust that God would bring it to bear. So when those discouragement time comes, I, I, I think back to Isaiah. I would have never accepted his call. Mm. I would have said, wait a minute, if this is not going to have any measurable fruit, I'm out. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm a results-oriented <laughs> yeah. kind of guy, as you know. Yeah. And then the other is Jeremiah. And then, so then that always takes me to 2 Timothy 4, that, uh, that he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience, and teaching. So it's a systematic layer-by-layer, message-by-message, knowing that people are resistant to that by their nature, and yet God will break down their resistance by the power of His Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. I also know uh, Ezra is one of the places oh, yeah, you tend to go. I, I know I've mentioned, you want to explain that a little bit, how that influences it. Yeah, it was, that's about uh, 47 years ago, t- preparing a lesson at school, and it, it said in Ezra chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, it says, they, they traveled this many miles and they accomplished this, for the good hand of his God was upon him. For the reason, Ezra had set his heart to study God's law, and you got to remember, he is in Babylon, yeah. he is the yeah. child of refugees or immigrants, captives taken by Nebuchadnezzar, but even there, he said, I'm going to study the law of God. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to see it flesh out. And one day, I'm going to teach his law and principles in Israel. And so he was he was called to devote himself to the word, knowing that ultimately God would give him a, a chance. And so um, that, 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 was, that was kind of the motivation that, that I think God used to kind of stir my heart was that uh, the good hand of his God was upon him because, first of all, he studied, he practiced, then he proclaimed. Yep. So the preparation led to the ministry, not the reverse. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if 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 you don't have a life verse, I, you could do a lot worse <laughs> that <laughs> than that particular life verse uh, aspiring to that. I know most of us look at ourselves and think we could never teach the Word. Well, yeah. just start with studying it yeah. and obeying it. And I promise the Spirit will do the rest. Well, and, and my encouragement, not everybody wants to be a pastor, and everybody's called to be a preaching pastor. There's all kinds of pastoring to do. But, but everyone ought to be able, as we'll find out in Hebrews 5, to teach others. Exactly. And uh, so I, I said, you know, 50 years ago, they, they gave me the sixth graders in a growing evangelical free church in West Denver. And it was, I mean, I had 12 kids Two of them were missionaries' kids, and I said, if preachers' kids are wild, missionaries' kids trump them. And so we had a preacher's kid teaching missionaries' kids, yeah. and I would go into the room, and the Sunday school superintendent would always set up folding chairs around his circle in my room, and I'd go in every Sunday, fold up all the chairs and stack them in the hallway, frustrated him. And I would get down on the floor with the kids and I said, let me help you understand what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it was just that, that wasn't polished. I would never have gotten an A in my pedagogy classes for the teaching, but it was engaging the kids in the Bible, and all of a sudden I discovered, man, they really wanted to know. Yeah. And so if you just give it your heart and you teach it to those God puts in front of you, it'll come alive. Yeah. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, well, let's shift gears here a bit, Tom, from kind of what motivates your ministry to mm-hmm. the, the practical nuts and bolts of it. Because a lot, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with what all goes into uh, what you do, particularly preparing a message. Uh, so what, what is a significant challenge? What, what is kind of the challenge week in and week out of the preaching ministry? Well, motivation to study and teach is not an issue, but the, the challenge is, can I budget enough time to accurately yeah. understand the passage we're grappling with? Because when, when you're a, a shepherd teacher, a pastor teacher, when you're leading and feeding, uh, you're engaged with people. It, it is an in-person, it's a relational calling. It, it, it's non-negotiable there. But at times, those relational needs uh, squeeze in the prep time. So the, the, the first challenge is to dedicate enough time to understand the text well yeah. and to, to mine deeply so that when Sunday comes, you're able to skim off, as, as my... Uh, one dear old, old saint, Miss Helen, said, you know, skim off the best 10% of your 100% preparation. Yeah. And there are those regrettable memories where all I had was 10% <laughs> because the week had just not been managed yeah. well. So that, then yeah. the one challenge is, is time management. And a, a second one is uh, going into the scriptures like you've never seen it before. Mm. To, to study it and keep it fresh, rather than to say, okay, I've got my little box, I've got my little, it, it all fits, I understand it, and making this passage preach my message, yeah. as opposed to going yeah. in letting that passage preach itself. Yeah. So the challenge is always let the Scripture speak first. Yeah. And I'd say the third one is, is that, and uh, John MacArthur uh, reproved young pastors on this, uh, stealing other people's sermons, mm. and you don't realize you do it. I probably have 12 commentaries I'm using on Hebrews, uh, four of them I'll go to every week, but I can't preach those commentaries. Right. But if I go to those too early, I find out that I do preach those yeah. commentaries. So it's doing, it's it's disciplining yourself to be freshly in the text and then affirming, confirming your conclusions by looking at others who have the gift of teaching and making sure you're not preaching a heresy. (laughs) If you came up with something nobody else came up with, you might be out on a limb a little bit. So that's a challenge because what I find out is, and it just happened last night on a phone call from from a longtime friend, when, when you're a pastor, when people ask you, they believe that what you're spoken through you is God's word. So when you get up to preach, the people believe what you're saying is what God is saying. And boy, the weight of that is huge. Don't let many of you become teachers, brothers, because there's a greater judgment. So yeah, the challenge of of sobriety, seriousness, uh, staying out of the way of what God's trying to say, but speaking boldly what God has said. Yeah. yeah, saying no more and saying no less. Yeah, it's yeah. It's an ongoing challenge to be sure. Okay, but what about the flip side? You've already spoken to a little bit of the joys of in 30 years getting to watch as the Word has transformed people's lives. What's a, what's a high point in ministry, specifically in your ministry? What is a high point in the ministry? I, I, I think, I think the, the joy for me now is, as I said before, I've been in Lincoln now for 36 years last month. 
is to see the lives that have grown and matured and been transformed. Mm. I've even had the joy of seeing people who have rejected all that they said they believed, walked away, and then come to repentance and be restored back. Mm -hmm. That's a high point. Right now, I would say watching a young generation get excited about the Word Mm. and Mm -hmm. young pastors who are committed to gospel-centered ministry and knowing that the church is going to be in good hands in the generation to follow. So the high points are really, for me, it's those young men and women that are embracing the Word for themselves and growing and maturing. And uh, and a long time ago, I learned not to believe my own press releases (laughs) and also... I appreciate any kind compliments that people say at the end of the service, yeah. but the real issue is if I see you in a month, will it have changed your life? Mm. And the high point is when later you see that that message transformed a life. Mike and I had the joy of going and spending some time yesterday with one of our founding elders who is not long to be here on earth, will soon be home with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But But he was reflecting back on the joy. And Mike brought a story to him. Only God could have timed it. And to see the tears flowing down his cheeks, it's something he had said in an Awana small group of boys 20 years ago, Mm. resulted in the salvation of one who is now a missionary to immigrants in Lincoln. And that's the high points, the the longevity, the living for the long line, I think. Amen. Uh, finally, what, what is a way that people can be praying for you specifically as an individual or, or even more generically for the preaching ministry at Faith Bible Church? Well, we know that the boiler room, the power behind the message is the work of the Spirit who is engaged through the intercession of godly people. And so, one, they can be praying. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the number one thing, not so much how to pray, but so many times we've said to people, I'll be praying for you, and then you come back to us in three weeks and say, thanks for praying, this is what God did, and you go, yeah. boop, yeah. forgot I told you I would pray for you. So that's the one, be praying. The second one is really be praying that what is proclaimed from our pulpit and in our classrooms and in our small groups Amen. is, in fact, God's Word, Amen. not man's opinion but God's Word, that we would respect the Word, that we would trust the Word, and that we would communicate the Word in such a clear way that the Word can transform lives. Mm. Mm. Amen. I I mean, I I even think of, right, the passage you've quoted from 2 Timothy, right? As far as reproving, rebuking, exhorting, the immediately following verses, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So obviously, that's the encouragement. Like, that's the reality is that there's going to be a tendency for every church, for every body, for every preacher to want to kind of swerve off into what makes people happy instead of sticking to the truth. Yeah, we want the approval of people. I mean, we're wired for that. We actually like it probably more than people realize. Way too much. (laughs) It's addictive. And, And those are... Those are the word reprove means to call people out yeah. and 
to rebuke means to not just call them out, but to come into them and tell them, it's time to you to change. And then to exhort means to put your arm around them and walk with them back into the path, none of which is like seeker friendly. Right, right. right. (laughs) So again, and they're not going to like, why don't they like it? Because, well, you know, I don't like it when I'm studying a passage and all of a sudden it becomes a mirror to my own soul. I've got some attitudinal issues I got to address. (laughs) Yeah. And when you preach the word, people get offended. My dad used to say, you can't throw a two-edged sword around in a full room and not see some people get cut. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what preaching is. So, yeah, just just being faithful, even though at times people's feelings get hurt. If it's the Spirit and the Word, He's going to change them. Yeah. If it's because you're being an idiot, He's <laughs> going to just reprove you instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, I, I would definitely yeah. encourage you to be praying uh, yeah. for the weekly ministry of the Word here at Faith Bible Church, for Tom's preaching, for him specifically, uh, for the things he's mentioned here, uh, for us in a long-term way at Faith Bible Church to be faithful uh, to the ministry of the Word. Yeah. We would love to be able to say 30 years from now that we're as faithful to the Word then Amen. as we are today. And so do be praying for that. We, we covet your prayers. We appreciate your prayers uh, to that end. Well, that is basically Tom in a nutshell, the preaching <laughs> ministry here at Faith Bible Church in a nutshell. Any, any final thoughts or things you'd like to leave our listeners with, things that maybe they don't know about preaching or you uh, that would be good to, ha- to have them know? Well, it, it, people all often ask. Uh, I, my, regrettably, my bride becomes the uh, illustration for too many sermons. <laughs> I know how pastors' families can be illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> two preachers get at the table can understand. But... People will often say to Linda, is that really true? Did you really say that to him? And what they need to know is that, yes, it is. I, by 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, we have assessed, evaluated, and <laughs> and we are getting ready for the next week. And they, they need to know that probably the, the one reason I'm able to do this many years what I've been doing is because of Linda. Amen. And she is a student of the Word. Uh, she is a sponge for biblical truth. But she has also uh, got the gift of discernment. And uh, so she listens with a loving, critical ear Mm. so that the thing that keeps me on track is that God gave me a helpmate suitable to my needs. And most people don't know that. In fact, it's kind of funny because somebody had been in our church for many years, was sitting down the row from her one Sunday a few months ago, and afterward they introduced themselves, and she, she went, Oh, you're that, Linda. <laughs> so Linda's probably the best-kept secret in the church, and uh, uh, my preaching of the words is based on her encouragement. Very good. Very good. Well, that's it for this week's episode, listeners. Let me just remind you um, that this coming Sunday, Tom will be back in Hebrews 4. You'll be wrapping up Hebrews 4 with verses 14 through 16 as we transition into looking at Jesus as a great high priest. Uh, what an encouragement is his role. Wow as the great high priest for us. Um, I'd encourage you to join us. Um, I'd encourage you to read those verses in anticipation of Tom's message in Hebrews 4 as well. Possibly go back and reread the whole chapter. It would be a great introduction to the concluding words of that chapter. Uh, We'll have services at both 9 and 10.30, and we really hope that we will see you at one of those. We'd love to have you join us. And thanks for joining us on the podcast as well. Thanks for tuning in and listening. If it's been helpful to you, just remember you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at 
FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.